0: what's up everyone welcome back to another episode of the jt sports podcast we got a special guest long-time friend of the channel Quincy bell sports quincy what's going on man
1: nothing much man i appreciate you having me on it's it's definitely been a minute um it's it's been a while i think last time we we weren't even in college yet you're now of course at fau i'm at i'm at indiana so it's been a while i'm, I'm excited to be back on i'm glad you had i'm glad you today
0: glad to have you on man so let's talk about some potential sweet 16 upsets man you have fantastic basketball coverage definitely hope you end up becoming a bracketologist man because i was watching your breakdowns all college basketball season i tried to keep up with it all year i told myself you know i want to watch basketball all the way through at least when it comes to college but you know, it, it conflicts with like so many other sports and things like that. Yeah. When you well, look
1: at, well, and I know your squad's doing real. FAU's still in the tournament.
0: Yeah, doing man. Real well. Yeah, man. And speaking of FAU, you know, what are some potential upsets that you see happening in the Sweet Sixteen? Could FAU upset Tennessee? A lot of people are rooting for Tennessee to win. Well, I
1: FAU is a really strong team. They've only lost three games all year. And one of them was really early in the season to Ole Miss when they had some players out. And I'm trying to find the other ones. But they when they're fully healthy, which they are right now, they're an incredibly hard team to beat. They they have a lot they're they got a lot of length. They're super athletic. Um Tennessee's defense, I feel like, will give them problems because Tennessee does have one of the best defenses in college basketball. Um, I don't know what they're ranked in efficiency, but I, I know they're in the top five. The thing is, though, is if, if it's a close defensive style of game, it's not going to be a blowout, and FAU will be able to hang around. Um, this game is in, I think it's in New York, so no real, like, I guess, home advantage. I, I think FAU can win. I feel like people have been counting them out, because in their first-round matchup against Memphis, everybody picked Memphis. Because um, they're like, oh, well, Memphis just beat Houston. And Houston's the best team in the country. And then FAU came out and beat them on a buzzer beater. And then they kind of got lucky facing a 16 seed in the second round. Um, but I feel like they could have beaten Purdue anyway, even if Purdue did end up beating Fairleigh Dickinson. Tennessee's only favored by five. I feel like they can't – I feel like – if I, okay, if I had to pick a team to win, I would pick Tennessee. But I do think FAU can win, and I think they will hang around. Um, The biggest, I guess, upset that I think could happen is Michigan State over Kansas State because Michigan State always ends up playing their best basketball come March. I don't know why I didn't pick them over Marquette. I had Marquette in my national title. But they are four seeds lower than Kansas State, but they're a a one-and-a-half-point favorite um, for Thursday. So I think that would be the most likely, I guess, upset to happen. the other games on Thursday are UConn-Arkansas. I expect UConn to win that one. I don't think anyone on Arkansas can guard adamas Sinogo. I just think that UConn is just too big. And then Gonzaga-UCLA will be a great game. I picked UCLA to win the national title. Um, this is a great defensive team in UCLA. I guess a really good offensive team in Gonzaga. But I think defense
0: wins championships. I think UCLA will will, will shut it down. What about Princeton, man? Everybody's favorite Cinderella. They're going against. Okay, America.
1: they looked really good. I'll say that. Like,
0: okay, their first game against
1: Arizona. So Arizona played Indiana earlier in the year, and Arizona was pulling some of the dirtiest stuff I had ever seen. They were swinging elbows and stuff, and they weren't getting called. They weren't getting called for a single foul, right? So I looked at this game, and I'm like, "There's no way Princeton's bigs are going to be able to just do that." And when they played Arizona. Arizona's big men were acting like some bitches, man. They weren't doing anything. They were just letting Princeton go up easy. They totally underestimated them. And then in the second game, after they after Princeton beat Arizona, they blew out Missouri. That was a I did not expect them to win by that much. Um, so this is a team they move the ball very well. Most Ivy League teams are very fundamental. Um I, I don't know, because I feel like Creighton's going to win this one. Crane's a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Like, last year when St. Peter's made it to the Elite Eight, they could basically give it to any of their players, and they could score in one-on-one. I don't really see that from Princeton. I feel like Creighton's. and also, I think Creighton plays really well as a team. I have them in my Final Four. They pass the ball really efficiently. I don't think they're going to make a lot of silly mistakes that Arizona and Missouri did. So, I don't think Princeton's going to win that one. Um, other Friday games – I think Alabama beats San Diego State pretty easily. I don't think Alabama's as great as people say, but San Diego State should
0: be a win. Miami and Houston, I don't know. Are you still kind of a Miami fan? Man, I'm a Dahart Kings fan, even though, you know, I kind of I kind of keep my mouth closed now when football season rolls around. <laughs> but at least I can say at least we got basketball season. Now, y'all whooped us in basket in men's and women's. Y'all, the women's team beat IU too, and the women's team was a one seed. I expect nothing less, man, because we got, like, an alumni named Tom R- Ruiz, I believe that's his name, or Tony Ruiz. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but he be dropping a lot of the bags, and he spent he gave like, Nigel I, Pack like a Someone gave Nigel Pack like a million dollars, straight yeah, up, and I owe money. Yeah, like we pretty much bought our team, in my opinion. So I was expecting nothing less for us to be in this spot even before the season started. Somebody asked me how you feel about hurricanes football. I was like, man, I'm just ready for basketball season. He said, oh yeah, you serious? Miami's a basketball school. I said, hell yeah, we're a basketball school, and we played FAU. Oh, it was um, I don't know if it was this season or last season. I went to one of the games and it came down to Miami getting a last minute buzzer beater to pretty much win the game. It was really crazy. But I'm a, I'm really high on Miami this year. I wouldn't be surprised if we make it to the final four. Well, I was well,
1: I will I of course watched the game the whole game against Indiana and I was furious that whole game. I mean, I was just I was just getting upset because the thing about Miami, I think Miami's a great team. I knew that wouldn't be that wasn't gonna be an easy game they're ranked in the top 10 in offense but they're ranked like 112th in defensive efficiency and i'm like okay i use not like the great i'm like i use more well-rounded i think they should win and miami's guards were having a field day they were making shots from anywhere on the court and iu just made made some silly mistakes and then they got back into the game they came back and tied it and then they just went back to doing the same thing turning the ball over they you should score more than 70 points on the 112th best defense I think that might be a problem when it comes to Houston because Houston is really good defensively like they they especially their big man when they I watched them play Auburn their big man had to have had like at least 15 blocks they were going up aggressive on every single time. I mean, the whole point to, to beat Miami, you can't let them speed the game up. And that's what they did against Indiana. They sped the game up and they they I don't think they I don't think you're going to speed up Houston too easily. I think I think Houston will win. Um Houston's favored by 7. The plus 7 for Miami would be intriguing if I was a betting man, but I definitely think Houston will win. I I think Miami has a really good chance though. I think they definitely could win this game. But I just think Houston's defense will come out and play really strong and
0: you the last so if you guys haven't already make sure that you guys check out my guy Quincy Bell Sports YouTube channel you guys can follow him at Quincy Bell Sports I'll leave the link to his YouTube channel down in the pink comment section down below and the description so what's the final game that you wanted to tell us about before we move on potential okay. Sweet 16 upsets All right, last game overall
1: is Texas and Xavier. I think this is a slam dunk. I think Texas wins this one easily. Uh, I don't think Xavier's that great. IU played him early in the year, and they beat him on the road. They had to come back from down a ton against Kennesaw State and win. I picked Kennesaw State. I was pissed because I really thought they were going to win. And then they beat Pitt, but Pitt was pretty gassed. They had to play in the play-in game, and they almost blew a huge lead. Texas is looking like one of the best teams in the tournament. I think I would definitely take Texas so in terms of upsets i would say michigan's i mean they're not even i mean michigan state's favored so i guess it wouldn't really be that much of an upset but they are the lower seed so i guess you can consider that one and other than that the most likely one would probably probably be fau fau's got a real strong team i would not be surprised at all if they won
0: let's talk about the chicago bears man okay. you guys finally got my guy justin hemothy fields some legitimate help at receiver now and I really hate how the national media really has talked about Justin Fields making it seem like he's just a super athletic quarterback that can't do anything but run the football. And it really irritates me, man, because I watched a lot of Justin Fields because this dude carried my fantasy football team on his back when I desperately needed some QB help. I was like, man, I'm just drive Justin Fields just because. You know, I think he might do something, and it was a little rough early on during the season. But then he, when he really got going, I mean this dude really got going. And people make it seem like this dude was throwing to some all-stars. Like I was listening to one person talking about some yeah, Darnell Moody and Cole Command. Darnell Moody was injured for the majority of the season. Yeah. And Cole Command, like I don't even Cole think. okay, in there. But he's not great yeah and then you have this man throwing to somebody whose last name is almost similar to pringles equinamia st brown i mean come on bro can well, we can amir smith Marset. oh my god yeah and so, then we i'm really have jones
1: that. wait you, you said vealus jones yeah it's
0: like what was he
1: so, Velas Jones, like he muffed a punt against the Vikings. We were down by eight and they were punting it with like two minutes up, and he muffed it and he fumbled it away. And then they just didn't play him for a while after that.
0: So it's like you finally got DJ Moore, a proven wide receiver, one of the most underrated receivers in the game. How will the Chicago Bears offense look with the addition of DJ Moore? I mean, I consider DJ
1: Moore to be like a better Darnell Mooney, he's got the same, they're the same kind of like player type. They're not going to like leap over you and make a catch, but they're both real quick and they run routes really well. I I think, I think they're going to be great with DJ Moore. I think he's going to fit in perfectly. He's a proven wide receiver one. he's only like 24, 25 years old. So he'll, he'll be there for a while. I'm definitely happy that they got him. His speed is something that I'm, that I'm really looking forward to. He can, he can just burn past corners. Um, and I hate it when people say Justin Fields can't throw because it's just so annoying. Like, I remember watching the, 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 sh- the game he played against Clemson in college when he threw it from like the, he threw it like at least 65 birds in the air, right in Chris Olave's hands. Like, oh, but he can't throw. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. So I'm, I'm loving the addition of DJ Moore. And we got another first cause they just traded down eight spots. Another first next year, and then two more seconds, I'm, I'm lo- I, I, love, I was loving that trade.
0: And I'm a big fan of DJ Moore. Again, if my, in my opinion, probably the most underrated wideout in the game right now. The dude prior to last season had three consecutive years of over 1,000 yards. And you really can't say that he played with any great quarterbacks. Justin Fields may be the best quarterback that – D.J. Moore has played with in probably his whole career. I mean, he's had Baker Mayfield, P.J. Walker, Sam Donald. I think he may have had Walker's
1: him. also on the Bears now.
0: Oh yeah, it's crazy. It's just a Carolina family reunion down there in the windy city, and it's just like with D.J. Moore going to the Chicago Bears. Man, I really think. Justin Fields could end up taking that next leap into that MVP conversation, like what we saw out of Jalen Hurts, because now you got DJ Moore, you're going to have Darnell Mooney, but then you're going to have Chase Claypool or the possibility of a Vilas Jones stepping up now. And for whoever's going to be that wide receiver three, who do you think it ends up becoming, Chase or Vilas? I mean, I think Velas
1: has more potential. I feel think he's he definitely, in the long run, I feel like he'd be the better player. I didn't like the Chase Claypool trade, like trading a second round for him. I did not like that at all, especially since that's going to be the thirty, the 33rd pick. So it's basically another first. It's just one pick. After, people get caught up in first, second, third round. You're talking about like 10, 10 spots. So I really didn't like that trade. I mean, I know Chase Claypool has potential. And I feel like when it comes to who they'll put there, it'll be him. But I would rather see v Jones. But, I mean, you can't just trade a second-round pick for a guy and then not use him. So I think they will put Claypool there. But, I mean, I think either one will work.
0: And with me being a Steeler fan, I'm a big, big fan of that trade because with the Dolphins having their first-round pick forfeited, we pretty much got another first-round pick. Yeah,
1: I did not like that trade at all.
0: Let's talk about... Uh, Joe Milton man I feel like a lot of people are really sleeping on Joe Milton going into this year man like people think my guy Nico might come in and start over him and there's a good chance that could happen but when Hendon hooker went down at the end of the year I mean Joe Milton he was it kind of took him a while to get going. You know, he didn't really have a great game against South Carolina when he went in. They blew out Vanderbilt, but it wasn't really that impressive. But against Clemson, I mean, you talk about having a coming out party. Three touchdowns completed 67% of his passes for 251 yards. How do you feel about Joe Milton going into this upcoming spring camp and this college football season? So. I follow Tennessee football very closely because
1: my grandpa played football at Tennessee. So they're my, I guess, second favorite college football team besides IU, but we're horrible at football. So, um, so the Joe, the Joe Milton story was he was Michigan's quarterback during the COVID year. And he was horrible. I remember watching him play going, this guy's bad. I mean, he could not make it. He got benched, transferred to Tennessee, became the backup to, to Hendon Hooker, who of course had, I guess, should have been invited for the Heisman. It probably would have won if he didn't get hurt. I was really pissed because you and me were the only two people that said he would win the Heisman, and then he got hurt, and I was pissed. Um, So that happened. But he looked really good in those last few games. I mean, blew out Vandy, which a Vandy team that wasn't that bad. They beat Florida. It wasn't just like a one-win Vandy team. They almost made a bowl game. And then they – I – and then the bowl game against Clemson really, really looked really looked good. Now of course you got five-star Nico Alama Leva coming in, and he's oh, a really he good. How
0: to pronounce his name? Player.
1: I think I said it right. I I it's it's similar to like it's I don't know. He he's a really good player though. He's the second-rated QB behind Arch Manning. Some people say he's better than him. I think he's going to really have to prove himself in camp, though, because Joe Milton, I think, will be the starter. I mean, he has a cannon of an arm. That man can, can sling that thing. And that fits right into what Tennessee wants to do. If you give their receivers enough time to get downfield, they will be open. You just got to have a guy to get it there. So I think, and I think this will be better for Tennessee in the long term because you could give Nico a year to kind of sit behind him. So I think Joe Milton 100% should be the starter. And if he's if he's not playing well, if he's not up to it, then you can just put him in. But I think Joe Milton will be just fine. And I don't know. Tennessee could maybe win the East. They got to get past Georgia, who's the, the juggernaut that is taking over college football. But that game will be at home. It'll be at Neyland Stadium. And – I think they could win it. I mean, I haven't really looked too far into their schedule. Now they I know that to play Alabama again at Bama, but I don't know how great Bama's gonna be this year with uh Jalen Miller as their quarterback, how that Bryce Young's gone, who is basically the opposite of Joe Bell. He could just he's basically a running back. I mean, that guy can run really well. I don't know. I just I think Tennessee's gonna be really good this year.
0: When you look at Joe Milton, he's six five, two hundred and forty-five pounds, has a hauser forearm. And if he ends up panning out, without a doubt, this dude probably is going to be a first-round pick. And every single season, at least for the last couple of years, there always seems to be a guy going in who has a lot of upside, the athletic potential is there. And then you have the fact that they may be a little bit unpolished. They may be a little raw. Last year we had Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, who got a lot of – first round hype prior to the season after they're still getting a lot of first round hype year before that. Yeah. Sam Howell, Spencer Rattler. And I'm just a little bit surprised that not more people are gassed up Joe Milton because he's one of those kind of players with the size, the arm strength. He does have a good, bit of athleticism, even though it's not cam Newton like athletic ability. It's like this dude, if he ends up popping off, he could end up being better than what Hendon Hooker was last year. And that's really high praise because Hendon Hooker for over the last two years has been the most efficient quarterback in college football. He has a touchdown interception ratio of 58 to five over the last two seasons. That's better than Bryce Young. Yeah, I think – I
1: don't know if he'll be as good as Hendon Hooker because Hendon Hooker had that running ability, which, I mean, Joe Milton can, can kind of run, but Hendon Hooker was, was pulling some escape artist stuff. So I think I think Hendon Hooker fits better into the college mold, but and I, I think the reason people aren't hyping up Joe Milton is because he was just so bad earlier in his career. It's like oh you had a few good games whoop you do, show me more. And I think I think he will when because he's for sure going to get that starting job. I feel like I know Nico's a great player, but I think Joe Milton's going to be that that starter. And I he could he definitely could he. He's sort of like I, I'm gonna. I'm, he's he's kind of like a Josh Allen type, like a college Josh Allen type. When Josh Allen was at Wyoming, and he could just throw the ball a mile, but he was like a little bit unpolished and stuff. That's kind of the type of player
0: that that Joe Milton is. So I think we could see some NFL buzz from him. When you look at the free agent signings oh. that the Chicago Bears have made during this off season, which one is your favorite? You of course signed on um, Robert Tunyon, Demarcus Robin, or Demarcus Walker, excuse me. You got Tremaine Edmonds. Like, what are some free agent signings that you really love being the Bears fan? I I like Tremaine Edmonds. I mean,
1: he's a solid player. I mean, he's proved himself. I mean, he, he's he's great. The Bears are definitely going to need to beef up uh, the defensive side uh, of the ball. Hold on. They're definitely gonna need to 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 beef up the defensive side of the ball, which I don't think will be hard. I mean, the Bears are normally a defense first team, but like down the stretch last year, when they were, of course, losing all those games, they were having to rely on their offense, and their offense was actually producing. It was like the defense, you would look at games. Like, I don't know if I've seen a single game for the Bears where it's like, okay, the defense sold the game, but the offense played well. It's always the defense played well, but the offense. But the flip side was happening, so I feel like if they can make enough defensive moves, um, they will be fine. And and Tremaine Edmonds, I mean, he's going to be great. I'm I'm really excited um, for him. I mean, I haven't really looked that much into who else we got. I mean, there's I know there's still some people out there. Um, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head.
0: So I, I can't help you out. So you have DeMarcus Walker, edge rusher that you signed to a three-year deal. He's, He's good. good, yeah. All right. um, TJ have- Edwards is good. Nate Davis for the offensive line, I feel like,
1: will be will be nice. Um, DeMarcus Walker should be pretty good. Uh, P- I think PJ Walker could be a solid backup QB. God forbid anything happens to Justin Fields. I mean, PJ Walker is solid
0: um how do you feel about the additions of Dante Foreman and Travis Homer do you think any of those guys are going to be in contention for you know a legitimate workload because last year you guys did rotate in between Devont David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert's and right now it looks like Khalil Herbert probably would be the RB1. Does Dante Foreman or Homer get more carries or I think he RB1? could get some carries.
1: I think he definitely could. He's he's a downhill runner. He's like he's like a Walmart Derrick Henry. I mean he he he's a he's a strong physical guy. I feel like I feel like it would be irresponsible to just give Khalil Herbert every carry because he's he he's real fast and like can move real well but he's not the biggest guy. I feel like definitely putting Dante the, the to onto a foreman in there could be could be could be really good. i I definitely think that that could be a good uh, change of pace. Um, I don't really know enough about Travis Homer. I've really never even heard of him before, so I can't really tell you much there. Uh, but I think Foreman could get some carries. I, I liked what I saw of him in Tennessee.
0: What about Robert Tun- Robert Tunyon? Because everybody's so big on Cole Command, especially the fantasy football community. It's like, do they end up splitting reps at tight end, or is one guy going to end up being the backup, or are we going to see more of both of those guys on the field? I mean, Robert Tunyon's pretty good. I don't
1: know how many, like, two tight end packages will will run. I know Cole Command's definitely the better blocking tight end. Um, I will say that, but the, the blocking tight end is, I think, being phased out of I mean it tight end still the, the block, but I feel like you're seeing less and less of he's a he's a he's a big body there at that tight end. Um Tanyan, I mean he he was pretty good in in Green Bay. And if they want to roll out a double a set with two tight ends, they could. I mean I'm sure he'll get some playing time. But Kokamen I feel like will will definitely be the uh definitely will be the main tight end. But I think I'm sure Tanya will get will get some catches here and there and get some playing
0: time. If you guys haven't already, make sure that you subscribe to my guy, Quincy Bell Sports on YouTube. Quincy, let the people know where they can find you at, your social media platform, shameless plug. Okay, so my YouTube
1: is just Quincy Bell Sports. My Instagram is Quincy underscore Bell underscore sports. Um, I do run a podcast with my buddy here at IU um, called Bloomington Buddies. They're on on Spotify. If you just, just look up IUS TV podcasts and it'll be up there we might have to have you on sometime so we can definitely arrange that but go uh, go follow that if you're into if you're more into podcasts it's uh it's blooming to buddies on spotify or just on ius tv podcasts um yeah that's all i really have to plug
0: and we will have the links to all the social to all the quincy bell sports social media platforms podcasts listed in the description in the comment section down below last thing I want to ask you about is who should the Chicago Bears draft with the now ninth overall selection? So there's a lot of different ways they can go here.
1: Um, I'm liking the idea of uh, of offensive line. There's a guy out of Northwestern that I can't remember his name. Was, yeah, him. I think that could be um, a pretty good pick. Um, there is another guy. I don't know if we're going to get him, but I like the possibility of him. I like Nolan Smith, linebacker from Georgia. He's really good. I mean, I was like, I'm not, I'm not a big combine guy. I don't like. Oh, he had a good combine, so you got to draft him real high. But this guy was showing out. He was, he was putting up some impressive numbers. Um, Paris Johnson from Ohio State. That could be another good guy, offensive tackle. Um, I'd say definitely either get a get a stud on the defensive end or an offensive lineman I, i'd be fine with an offensive lineman but i am really happy they traded back um i'm sure tr- I, I had something else i wanted to say i know some people still think jalen carter's gonna fall because i know he has he what'd he get caught for like speeding it was like reckless
0: driving reckless something like that it's street racing yeah i don't know i don't know if he'll do you
1: think he's going to – how far do you think he's going to fall? Because I don't think he's going to be, like, the consensus number one defense. Man,
0: honestly, I have, I have a strong feeling that he could fall out of the top five. I could see Arizona taking him over Will Anderson. Now, I'm not really high on that. If you would have asked me that like a month ago, I would have been a little bit more confident that Jalen Carter would go over Will Anderson. It's just that you don't really find a lot of dominant defensive tackles that have the pass rush potential that Jordan Davis has. But it's like, it looks like we could see a good amount of QBs, probably like the best QB prospects going in within the first couple of picks. But I think after Seattle, you have to look at, Detroit. You already have Aiden Hutchinson. Oh, have that would be horrible
1: to play that twice a year. To play Aiden Hutchinson. That okay.
0: Now, now that you say that, I'm, I'm and getting and Houston and James Houston. That's who it is. So you have Aiden Hutchinson, James Houston, and potentially Jalen Carter. That's that's, not- that's actually
1: really scary. I
0: think
1: okay. If he were to fall to nine, I feel like you got to get him if he falls that far. I don't know if he will. I will say when the Bears had – when it was looking like the Bears were only going to trade down, like when the Texans were offering – when the Texans and Colts were offering trades and it was looking like the Bears were going to pick around between like two or four, I was saying that Jalen Carter would be was way better than Will Anderson. Because from what I saw from Will Anderson, I mean, he was good. But, like, I watched him play against Texas in that one, when Alabama played Texas, and I think he had, like, like 50 yards in penalties. Like, it was terrible. Like, from what I saw from William, I mean, I know he's still a great player. But from what I saw, I definitely thought that Jalen Carter was better. So, I'm saying – so, if he were to fall to nine, I would say you got to get him. I, I feel like you just got to assume the risk with that one. Um, but I think if he doesn't, just take an offensive lineman because – you don't want Fields running for his life every play. Um, I saw some people – I this is what I saw, and I don't know if I, I wasn't – I saw some people saying the Bears should eventually draft B. John Robinson from Texas, and what they said was draft B. John Robinson and run the option all year, just run the option. And I was like, I mean, it could work, but I feel like that would get snuffed out pretty quick. But I wouldn't be opposed to drafting B. John Robinson. He's a really good running back.
0: I, w- I would definitely not be upset if they picked him. And I was definitely about to ask you that there could be a potential possibility that maybe you guys take another back. But with the ninth overall selection, I don't think you guys would take one that high. Not, not don't take a back. Yeah. Even though B. John... Uh, when you talk to most people in the draft community that do all these mock drafting and rankings, a lot of people view him as a consensus top 10 or top five player in this draft. It's just, you know, the demand for the running back position is so low. But he probably will go in the first round. But I think if I was Ryan Poles and I was making a pick ninth overall, if Jalen Carter isn't on the board, I probably do continue to build on the offensive side of things. I probably would try to see if Paris Johnson is still on the board or I would maybe take Peter Skoronsky. It's just the problem with Peter Skaronsky is that he has those short arms similar to the Rayshon Slater criticism that people had about him. Also, also a Northwestern guy. Don't know what it is with Northwestern, Pat Fitzgerald, and these short-arm offensive tackles, but they normally end up being pretty good. Rayshon Ray Slater is pretty good when he's available and he's on the field and healthy. Maybe Peter Skaranski could follow down in the same footsteps. But this is it for this episode, everybody. Once again, Quincy, let the people know where they can find you at. YouTube, Quincy Bell Sports. Instagram, Quincy underscore Bell underscore
1: sports. And then Bloomington Buddies on Spotify. It's a podcast I run with my buddy and I. Use.
0: All right, everyone. This is it for this episode. Once again, if you enjoy, leave us with a five star review. We would greatly appreciate it. Share this episode of the JT Sports Podcast on all. Social media platforms with your friends, family members, and acquaintances. Remember that you can listen to the JT Sports Podcast on all podcasting platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the JT Sports Podcast.